Broadcasting from occupied Tongva land in Long Beach, California, this is Why Am I Talking Podcast, a show about local current events with the socialist slant. I'm Jordan, and this is my comrade Miles. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm all right. I'm uh, quarantining at home because unfortunately I got exposed to someone with COVID, so trying to keep others safe. Uh, it's very similar to the past five months, though. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, it's not too much of a departure from how it's been for you anyway. Yeah, not too much. The only bummer is you couldn't, you know, like go camping. Yes, it, it did ruin my camping plans. That is a big bummer. I'm sorry to hear that, man. And we have Vic on the pod today. Hey, Vic. What's up? What's up? What's going on out there? How you been, Vic? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Just dealing day to day with, you know, quarantining. Kid is getting on my fucking nerves but you know just living life i i've he- heard that from a lot of parents that yeah especially with the fact that schools are not reopening in the fall a lot of them which is like insane mm-hmm. it is insane yeah uh, and it's like she's been around adults for the past three months so mm-hmm. she's turning into like a little adult as opposed to a kid you know Oh, Being man. socialized as a kid. Now she's socialized as an adult, very isolated, emails by herself. So yeah, that's, that can't be good. Yeah, it's not. It's not good for discipline or mm. fucking keeping the day-to-day peaceful, you know? But it is what it is. Yep. What are we talking about today, guys? So we're talking about disaster capitalism today. And uh-huh. I think, actually, I want to... Hopefully we can touch a little bit later on the fact that schools just randomly closed and society is like completely restructuring itself and why that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been happening in this country, like since like Katrina, we could start there in like, you know, recent history and then the recession happened mm-hmm. and then Puerto Rico happened and then COVID happened and history is happening right before our eyes. So we're just going to, Look back a little, back to Katrina. Y'all remember Katrina? Yep. Uh, not that Katrina. much. I'm a little young. All right. Well, I remember me, Katrina, giant crisis. Yeah. When were you, Miles? Um, 2005. I, it was actually the end of high school mm-hmm. for me. And yeah, I was, I was you know, still in New York, but yeah, it came up on all it was you know hugely profitable for all the media companies they got to show it they profited literally profited off of the destruction of a community as well as uh you know furthermore they rebuilt that community and apparently the people that had been living there had very little uh say in how that rebuilding happened and how that wealth was reinvested in the community oh doubt. yeah like that was like one of the first times of being adult age to see how a crisis gets handled. Yeah. You know, me, I was in 2005. I had just moved to Los Angeles in 2001, 2002, my bad. And I was working at Amoeba Hollywood and there are a bunch of hippies from up North. And I saw the way they activated. They stepped up the mutual aid. They took people in from tech, from out there. They were set, setting people up. And I was just like, wow, these, they're putting their money to help out these people. And we're in California. Like, it didn't even seem like the level of urgency 
that they were showing at Amoeba to help these people out was confusing to me because I didn't understand it. I just thought, oh, well, the government's going to come in there and, you know, they're going to fix it. I really, oh. like, you know what I mean? That's what I thought. And I was like, why are these hippies, like, running around, like, trying to, like, gather, get all this money to send to Louisiana? Like, it's so far away. Like, what's the deal? And then months go by, months go by, and seeing what happens, like, wow. If they didn't send the resources, like, if mutual aid didn't step up, those people in Louisiana would have been more and more fought. I'm just going to read from a quick article right here. Uh, A call to action, what happened in Katrina. The outpouring of charity from ordinary people to supporting the victims of this tragedy is amazing. Yes, that's true. Millions of dollars have poured out of pockets of working class people who've been touched by the magnitude of this tragedy, just like the hippies at Amoeba. This truly shows the solidarity people can show for one another. But it defies fucking logic. People... Like, it defies the logic of capitalism. People who say that, like, entirely selfish goals and they don't care for each other and it's all about making money. This proved the opposite of that on a huge level. I, I do want to touch on capitalism, though, because the Army Corps of Engineers was responsible for the levees mm-hmm. in Katrina, which, which uh, not in Katrina, in uh, Louisiana. I mean, they know that New Orleans is underneath the, the water level. And they had actually divested gradually, lowered the budget for levy maintenance and construction prior to Katrina. So, you know, like we're showing how the response, the mutual aid response is really just, you know, that is not a capitalist response. No. But it came from the community. Whereas Mm -hmm. the defunding, the chronic defunding of the levies, that is capitalism. Well, funnily enough, it's more than just capitalism. A lot of focus was given on the levees, understandably, but uh, I watched a documentary about it, and a big contributing factor was the fact that um, the Army Corps of Engineers restructured the entire waterways of Louisiana to better allow like ships through, I believe. And because of the way that worked and the way like the things that industry dumps into the water, the wetlands were totally destroyed, things like that, which could have stopped the hurricane. You know, like it's just these compounding factors of like profit motives and austerity of the government that like made that happen you know yeah the bush administration and local politicians are guilty of gross negligence resulting in the deaths of thousands of gulf coast residents you know like they had the money they didn't put the money for the people billions were sent by the government billions but the money did not rebuild the community did not go to the basic needs of the people food clothing and shelter like, that's all that was needed to uh, stabilize the situation. That's not what happened. Well, I find it, that use of the word negligence interesting because it's like, I think at the time, especially, that was the view. But I don't know. It seems like the longer we look at these capitalist systems, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like negligence, you know? Like, point. It's we'll intended. It later that's what it's COVID, intended to do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, to bring it back to uh, the police, it's like, ah, the police was negligent. The way they rolled up on that crowd and what they did is like, no. That was their training. They used the weapons. They used the resources that were given to them, fired those rubber bullets, fired the tear gas. They weren't negligent. That's the system to oppress marginalized peoples. And that's what it does more and more. I know this to be true, but now I'm just making these realizations over and over again. And this is why it's good to look back into recent history to realize even in the leftist newspaper, they're calling it negligent. And it's not. 
And it's like, yo, this is what capitalism does to marginalized peoples. Period. Right. Colonialism right. in fucking Puerto Rico. Yeah, and and the the recession is a is an example of this too. Part of the oppression of people with less than uh, mm -hmm. is the theft of wealth. And a really great example, another great example of disaster capitalism, uh, it was the 2008 recession, mm. right? Where the wealthiest among us, the Wall Street pretty much, created a toxic market, toxic asset market of mortgages, high-risk mortgages. And they were Miles, gambling. What's let me up? jump in real quick. Yep. Where were you guys at in 2008? I was about to graduate from college. All right. Oh, I, I graduated into the Great oh, Recession. man. You were part of that class. Dude. Wow. I yep. didn't realize you were exactly that age, Miles. <laughs> wow. I'm exactly dude. that age. I didn't realize you were that much older than me. Damn. I graduated in 09. What about you, Jordan? Oh, God, man. I think I was like, for my, for my dim recollection, I was just like a kid being uh -huh. homeschooled. Uh, and... I think that's like right around when my parents, no, no, no. It was right before my parents got, no, after my parents got divorced and sold the house. I don't remember exactly. I remember uh -huh. like we sold our house and like bumped down from upper middle class for uh -huh. sure. Uh -huh. uh, right. Like, I think it was like right before. Gotcha. So it's like, we almost, they were, they were one of those people that they didn't own that house outright, even close. They bought that on debt, you know? And yeah, yeah, when yeah. they sold it, they, they, not nothing like it was like it was like a net zero even though wow. after paying the mortgage off for like five years wow yeah i it's, was it's crazy. I, 2008 i had graduated film school and before the recession i had no gear no experience and i was making decent money as like a student filmmaker running around with the shitty gear i had making money making like oh my god four or five hundred bucks a day for nothing like this is great then the recession hit and then jobs went away for a while. And then when they did come back, minimum wage level to do film work. That was like a, a mark that even all the old school guys said. He's like, yo, after 2008, the rates just went down. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Real, real evidence of just the wage depression that happened. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I, Miles, I, I just wanted to get a check in. No, no, that's good. It's good. To, pulling it back to uh, personal experience. Yeah. Talking about jobs. My, my job when I graduated, was helping a locksmith for minimum wage. <laughs> I got a degree in biology, everybody. Yeah. Wow. That, um... Cool. That was real. Yeah, that Damn. was cool. Yay. Fuck. Yeah. Um, but, to, yeah, to bring it back, so the effects of the 2008 recession were terrible. Set back a lot of people in the millennial generation, people getting out of school really far. Uh, but it's important to recall that it was a huge theft of wealth from many, many, many people um, by the richest among us. Firstly, they fail. They completely destroy the housing market. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and their banks, their investment banks are going to fail. Instead of letting them fail, we buy out that toxic mortgage asset. But we also let them foreclose on all those mortgages. So they get tons of money from the federal government. And then beyond that, they get all that property asset back too. This is unbelievable. And, and we're talking about how like, this is it by design. This, this asset market was created. This was by design.
And there's also reporting that it was anticipated. There were projections that it was going to fail. So, I mean, it's, it's just ultimately, this is baked in, right? This theft of wealth, it's baked into the capitalist system. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we need to ask ourselves, like, why do, we, why do we accept it? Why, as a general population, why are we accepting this kind of toxicity and, and terror? Um, and to bring it back now, like, the only reason the stock market and society is still sort of even going, it's like, yo, it's that extra 600 bucks in unemployment. That is like, yo, people take that money, they go out and they spend it. That's what working class people do. You give them money. The government could have gave us money instead of giving it to the banks. And guess what? We would have paid off all the mortgages. We would have kept buying shit and stuff would have kept going. And everybody would have made profits. Yeah, but it would have been a huge difference. Huge difference. And without the suffering of the most marginalized of us. And that's what it keeps coming back to. It well, has I, to I find be that in the back of those people. I find that interesting, that assertion that everybody would have still made profits because I honestly think, yes, if. So I think there's an over, how to put it, people think that the, the leaders in power are overly planning things right. So uh, I honestly think like Bush and Obama and stuff were just responding to the crisis, right? And if they really had thought long term, like sure, maybe even at our capitalist dynamic, it might long term make sense to give that money, right? To keep the economy going. But you have to realize who was the people in their ear. It was the bankers, and the bankers wouldn't have made that money, right? Like, they still would have lost a shitload because there was a lot of people defaulting. So it's like, it's ironic. It's like, cut off your nose to spite your face. Like, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. just, it wasn't really about even, like, the economy. It was about just making sure these specific people had money, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I, so... The, we've talked, I think, in the past about how like, Wall Street is sort of detached from the real economy. Mm-hmm. The, as the way I see it, it was, we just want to retain confidence in the stock market because yeah. that's where so much wealth, wealth, it's not real wealth, it's just nope. these fake mar- futures markets like the mortgage market that blew up. That's just inflating our GDP, inflating our measure of success, where you have people that are homeless and struggling and going, you know, becoming homeless because of this. Where is that? Where is that real wealth, right? Ultimately, if it's just in this intangible market, you can't see it or touch it. What's it doing for the people? I think that's a great point, and I think that kind of explains why they focused on it so much. Is because like, like to them, the stock market, to the ruling class, like the stock market is like like the real economy. Like to us, the real economy is the real economy, right? But they don't they don't care like. As long as the stock market's happy, like they're happy. Like right now, like the stock market's recovered somewhat. And they're like, this is fine. Like 30% of people are unemployed, but I still get stock dividends, you know? Indeed. So um, this kind of feeds into Puerto Rico as well, because like every one of these disasters is compounding for the local area, like the next disaster. So, you know, in New Orleans, the recession was even worse. Because you know the city had been destroyed in 2005 and never truly mm-hmm. rebuilt. Uh, Puerto Rico, the same thing. So they got loaded. It, they got loaded down during the 2008 recession with a lot of debt because obviously, like every local government, they couldn't meet their obligations. There was a lot of austerity going on. Uh, but even then, they were loaded with a lot of actually illegal. Here's 
they're making an appearance again, Wall Street debt. So all these Wall Street bankers that got bank- bailed out immediately turned around and used that money to give these toxic loans to Puerto Rico. This has gotten so bad that, it, that uh, Congress didn't have the chops to like deal with this crisis. So what they did was they elected a, or sorry, they made a law that put in an unelected body called the Puerto Rico Oversight Management and Economic Stability Act, known oh as God. PROMISA. Uh, PROMISA. Great yeah. uh, liberal <laughs> Spooky, huh? pandering. <laughs> it's, it's a, honestly, the name is liberal pandering, but it's, it's spooky, man. <laughs> it's spooky. Who, who um, was on it? Who was on it, Jordan? Uh, I actually don't have that information. Who was on it exactly? Uh, I should look into that. I'm sure it's like a, cast of ghouls and goblins and like of course of course but well let's the people of puerto rico have an idea of who was on it they called it la junta which for those of you who don't know that means a a, i believe a military dictatorship but in this case it was more of a like wall street executive dictatorship because this was put in place to make sure that that debt got paid back to wall street again back to wall street profits for a small few like this is a reoccurring theme. Yeah, and, and furthermore, you know, this debt to Wall Street, these local governments in Puerto Rico, or wherever this happens to, they, they are forced, they are motivated and coerced to, pay, to take as much money as they can from their public budgets. The budgets yeah. that they use to provide social programs, healthcare, infrastructure development, infrastructure repair, they funnel that money, this is the austerity part, they funny, funnel all that social spending towards repaying the debt yep mm-hmm. and basically they they short-circuited that whole cycle even by just like doing a financial coup and literally replacing the government effectively with this like unelected board uh that made these decisions to funnel all that money so when the hurricane came you have to realize that puerto rico's entire infrastructure on every level was completely on the brink already so of course it it, it didn't just collapse it broke completely and as Naomi Klein puts it here, uh, this is an excellent example of disaster capitalism, and there are no natural disasters. The, you know, there are disasters, right, that are caused by nature, but the, the real disaster is the response by exactly. us. And this was not natural. This was, this was man-made. Mm-hmm. Every step, every law made, every new bill made, all that was made. The response to Katrina was all made by people by government, the decisions, where the resources went. And we all know what kind of resources this country has. That's it. It could have been like, yo, stop the presses. We're going down there. We're going to rebuild Puerto Rico. Jobs for people. Just like, yo, I'm going to keep saying it. Three months ago, we gave like billions, billions to corporations to stabilize Wall Street. And guess what happened? Society didn't crumble. Everybody is still going along. We could have done exactly the same shit to Puerto Rico. Gave them yep. all that money, rebuilt them, stopped the suffering, but some people would not have made that much profits. So therefore, we didn't do that. Yep, and, and because we didn't do that, Puerto Rico is still vulnerable, right? Exactly. So another, all it takes is another large storm to come by and the same process can recur. Yeah, and you know, yeah, they're totally set up for that again. And I think a lot of people were shocked when they saw the government response and they overly subscribed to the idea that like, like, oh, Trump's really bad and he's doing this because he's racist. Like, duh. But also, um, you have to realize that Puerto Rico is just a colony, basically, like even more than places like New Orleans, right? It's, it is just one of our colonies. So this 
this is how you treat a colony, right? You extract wealth from them. Like a fucking meteor could hit Puerto Rico. The U.S. government doesn't really care. Like as, as long as like some money's still coming out of the crater. That's a good point. Yeah. It's a colony. It's a territory controlled by us. Uh, contrary to sort of all the imagery and mythology of the United States, right? Yeah, that it's so funny. We have a colony like, what, like 30 miles off the coast that we just like don't talk about. So where does that bring us now? So now we have our current crisis, COVID. Um, and mm. I think we all know how that's going in democratically run stronghold of California. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say? 20%, 30% unemployment rate? Yeah. So, I mean, like the unemployment rate's high. I mean, Vic, do you want to expand a little? You talked a little bit about, I just want to correct you real quick. You said billions. It's actually trillions for the bank. My bad. My bad. Yeah, come on, Vic. My bad. Comprehend a trillion dollars. Yeah, right. I have a hard time (laughs) grasping those concepts. Yeah, yeah. Can you expand for us a little bit, like what that? I mean, a lot of people know, but like, what was that? What What was the CARES Act? What did that do? Yo, the CARES Act is like the biggest transfer of wealth in this country's history. It was meant to prop up corporations, and just like Miles said earlier to give faith to the stock market. And that's what it was meant to do. So people would have, would feel good going into spending money and being an American and like society's not gonna crumble. That's all it did. And while, again, instead of giving money to the hands of people who would take it, spend it, and keeps things going, nope, it went to the top corporations and we are where we are. Their profits are looking good. During this whole crisis, during this whole crisis, their, their books are good, right? Because the government pumped trillions of dollars into their books, into their accounting system. So they didn't have money to weather a three-month storm, all these multi-billion dollar corporations like Boeing, like all the airlines, like all these fucking food places, like the Lakers even got some fucking money. From, from the government and they had to get shamed to give it back. So my whole point in all of this is the money went to places where people did not need it and it was only to make zeros in their fucking bank accounts bigger as opposed to giving money to people to stop material need suffering. It's just like the contradictions are fucking ridiculous. And that's another reason why motherfuckers were in the streets. Yes, George Floyd, I understand that. But, yo, when you fucking collectively marginalize people and then in their face you give trillions to corporations, some of it is like, yo, fuck this shit. I'm not here. I'm going to break shit. And that's where we at. Definitely. And, you know, the flip side of that, as always, to uh, disaster capitalism is like the massive spending to enrich and transfer wealth, but also the, the stealing of wealth from the lower classes and like cutting of social programs. Miles, can you expand on how that's, that's kind of like shaking out? Right. So how that's been shaking out is we see that uh, there's a lot of dis- well, this. This is like, I believe, one of their, their like wet dreams, as it were, 
is really getting at Social Security and Medicaid. Yeah. They want to do that so bad. And I anticipate that in the future, their austerity measures, they're going to try to target that. Um, and, it, it, you know, if Donald Trump gets in, then, you know, definitely. Uh, but even if it's a Democrat, I mean, Joe Biden has had rhetoric about cutting Social Security in the past. So I think Wow, Miles, that, why would you lie about him like that? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to disparage <laughs> anybody state, or misrepresent them. <laughs> why, would you, why would you say things that he said like 20 times on tape? Come on, that's, that just didn't happen. I, I, I know, right? Video evidence is no good anymore. Deep fakes from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, right? Um, so, so, I mean, we got to think about it. It's, it's, not, it's not just Republicans. Uh, Donald Trump is terrible, vitriolic, white supremacist, but capitalism is st- capitalist and our ruling class, the two parties, they're still going to be trying to come up with any way they can to screw us and steal the wealth of the United States and other and other countries too. And I mean, if you don't, uh, I mean, and Social Security and Medicaid, uh, Medicare, those are huge sources of public wealth that we should be trying to protect and expand at any 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 cost. And the fact that these programs are universal makes them hard for Republicans to come in and try to cut them. Makes them hard to be put on a chopping block. And that's the whole thing. It's universality that it's for all of us. We all need Medicare for all, not just poor people. Well, as they say, um, never let a good disaster go to waste. They needed a disaster that was also universal, right, to, to try to cut it. Well, this is why my talking podcast, so we always have to tie it into the local. You know, obviously California is doing this on some level with our lovely Democratic governor, Gavin Newsom. <clears throat> uh, and even locally, like our city is, cons- the city manager is releasing memos to city departments to look at cutting like five to ten percent out of their budget, uh, except for public safety. That they got a memo that they need to look at cutting zero to three percent. Which hmm, interesting time to effectively give the police a raise because like if they're getting cut less than everybody else. Like that means they got more money relatively. No, right. They're not listening to the people in the streets, man. That's not what people want right now. Nope. Like when we started this podcast, we were talking about certain things and what we want and how we'd like buying from the public and like, you know, people need to get woke and open up their eyes. Systems fucked. Yo, people open up their eyes. People got out in the streets. People <laughs> yes. went out there and practiced their fucking politics and said they were fucking pissed off. So I feel now talking this way going forward that like the ball is in their court they, this is how they're going to react okay i'm almost confident to know what the reaction is going to be unemployment isn't changing COVID is spiking all over the country we're really not opening up even though quote unquote on paper we're opening up but like we're not going back to normal so to think that you're just gonna give the police a raise during these times it's like, no, like these fools will get voted out of office. Garcia will get voted out of office. They all will. Like, that's what, that's what happened in New York. Well, that's an excellent point. And I think a lot of people have been talking about uh, the electoral angle, which I do support. But also, I think even in the short term, like we have 
what, you know, we had a 3,000 person march, a 2,000 person march. These politicians are fucking scared, right? They're trying to do their standard um, disaster capitalism austerity rigmarole. And, you know, for example, people showed up pissed off yelling at Susie Price's house. That's not normal. That doesn't usually happen, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. we're not just letting it happen this time. Like people are fighting back stronger than they ever have been. Yeah, which is, which is really good. And it's, it's important. The political angle, like what, what you're saying, Jordan, the political angle, it's super important. And people are taking steps to engage with the political angle and put pressure on politicians uh, to a greater extent than they have in the past. It's important, though, to remember that the police, capitalists know what the police are there for. They're there to, to ensure that they can implement these austerity measures and steal wealth from the community without repercussions. And so that's why we can see either they're not getting cut or they're going to even get a higher budget. And it's important. And, and how do we know, like, oh, the, the capitalists, the corporations, they really know this? There are police foundations all over the country. <laughs> they, help, they help the police get extra goodies, extra, extra equipment. I think the LAPD, a lot of their surveillance equipment, was, they were helped uh, to purchase that by a foundation that supports them. So, you know, the capitalist class, they know why the police are there. And they do help support them in addition to the city funding which we should all be sitting there saying, hey, if, if police are like firefighters, how accountable are they really going to be if, if the, one, the politicians, they're giving thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to politicians at the local level. But then in addition to that, they're also getting funding and support from corporations. I mean, it, it just, there's just so many mechanisms in place which allow them to pull the rug out from the real economy, us working and creating things and creating value and just put it into places where it looks good on paper, it looks good on the sheets, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Puts money in the pockets of the already rich. Already rich. Fuck. Well, funnily enough, I didn't quite realize this at the beginning of the episode, but it, it seems like this episode is kind of tied together everything we've been talking about over the last few weeks of like these uprisings and the discontent and, you know, like a lot of the, it's tying into the policing issue of like disaster capitalism is trying to like pump that money into the wealthy and policing to protect mm-hmm. that wealth transfer. Yeah. Um, so this is obviously an ongoing issue. Um, our researchers and gumshoes over here at Why Am I Talking will keep you updated. Uh, I think we're going to have a whole episode just on the people's budget in Long Beach, what's going on yeah, there. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And we got like Defund LBPD up right now, defundlbpd.com. Uh, yeah, man, we're doing work out here in Long Beach, trying to change it, trying to you know, push back against the austerity that's coming up. Like it's coming. We feel it. Like Garcia and that city council what they're proposing doesn't make sense. They're tone deaf, man. Literally tone deaf right now. Yeah. Yep. They're scared, and, and, man. I have it on good authority. They're fucking shaking it in their boots. That, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. <laughs> so mm-hmm. happy about that. Yeah, they should, they should be. Because we look at, pol- I mean, personally, I look at politicians across the board and they don't represent us. It's just what nope. it comes down to. Oh, it's gone on long enough. Enough people are waking up to that fact, and 
they should they should be worried that they're going to be next. All right, I think that about wraps us up, guys. Yeah, definitely. Please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite platform. Do it, do it. Thank you for tuning in uh, to the Why Am I Talking podcast for a discussion about disaster capitalism and austerity. I'm Miles. I'm Vic. I'm Jordan. And don't forget to ask yourself, wait, why am I talking?